Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here by, with my co-host, Mutahir, yeah. and we are going over Hero of Ages, chapters 5 through 10. And, man, these epigraphs for the, like, I feel like in every episode, we're going to be touching on the epigraphs for every chapter. Like, yeah. there's just, there's a lot in all of these. Um, yeah. So, I'm excited. Um. And speaking of epigraphs, chapter five is epigraphs. Rashek, like huge too. Dude. Yeah, yeah, they're very like they're not small. Like remember, um, Final Empire. There were some that was like five words long. Yeah, like Final Empire was like pretty cool. I didn't like the ones in the second book that much until the end, because second one were, he was second just kind of felt repetitive. Yeah, exactly. He was just kind of saying the same thing over and over, yeah. and he would repeat stuff that we'd already read through Seiza's point of view. In the end, I understand why, because we figure out the stuff that's been changed. But during, I was just like, all right, cool. Yeah, no. And I'm... now I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the epigraphs here are freaking awesome. The epigraphs in Final Empire, I would say, arguably are, they're more surprising, I guess, in the sense that, like, you don't know it's the Lord Ruler till the very end. I do. But whatever <laughs> all right that's not the lord really um is, but uh, yeah no sure. it's this one is not about that it's about like just how much knowledge is being packed in um, yeah so it's, uh what's your favorite oh like you're talking epigraphs between the books yeah Hero of ages what about the revelation of final empire no, I mean, what about the revelation compared to the three epigraphs? Oh, it's good. Of course. Okay. Is it better than the first two, you say? I ha- that's a hard one. That's really hard. Yeah, because, like, first book revelation, you know, I, I caught that one. Uh, second Whatever. one was pretty good. It was pretty darn good, actually. I, yeah, the thing about the second one's, like, plot twist was, like, I don't know anyone that saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm good at guessing stuff that has clues, but there was no really clues. No, no, there was. On the second reread, I was like, holy crap, there's so many clues here. There really was. But, like, it how did... can you guess that it's being changed whenever... Because, literally, the first words were, anything not written in steel cannot be trusted. Yeah, but like, how can you? That that's I I didn't catch that one for sure. But how can you like catch some magic that isn't even a part of the magic system? That's irrelevant, though. Like he, that was your go-to clue. Is like anything not written in steel cannot be trusted. And as far as like metal goes, or not steel, but metal, like as far as that goes, that you could tell that that's kind of tied into the magic system, right? Like metal is permanent. But regardless, we are check, talking about chapter five, and here, Rashek is. Um, we, we know that he was became the Lord Ruler, and he changed the plans so they could survive the Ash. And I remember, I think last time, this might have been actually the chapter before this, um, where it talked about that he had moved the planets closer to the sun to get rid of the mist. And that caused, like, you know, uh, their son to, you know, start burning everything. So then he had to, like, 
get the ash falls up so they could block the sun so everyone would not die to heat and so the plants had to be obviously like well, like he changed it so that they he changed the biology of it even and not just the plants but the humans as well yeah so i don't remember i don't know if you remember this but in the first book he talked about i think ellen talked about it that there's nothing biologically different between the nobility and the ska and looks like there might be like here he's just saying human anatomy but i'm if from what i'm getting from this if he changed the human anatomy to make it to where you know they're more resilient to ash or whatnot is it possible that he also like created two physically biologically different classes that's um that makes sense because they're like red and they're shorter and they're weaker and stuff. They're red. Yeah. Don't they have a kind of reddish skin? They might just cause like maybe working in the fields or whatnot, but I don't know if they, that's what they described them as like just reddish skin or redder skin. Oh. Um, but again, I mean, it could be just like, you know, a product of working in the, uh, plant, like the plantation ska could be, uh-huh. but I'm not very good with imagery, so I, your guess is as good as mine. Probably better than mine. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, so that's the it for the epigraph. And as far as chapter 5 goes, um, Ellen's talking about that the Inquisitor was faster than uh, than he should have been. And Ellen's thinking that this is, of course, I want the Inquisitor that just fought. And Vin's thinking that he's even faster than that. Like that, he just started burning Duralumin. So, and because they brought up right that the Inquisitor has another an extra spike in this one through its heart. Uh-huh. So, like, is it adding? And I think they talked about too, right? That that each metal is a different like metal. Like, there's pewter, steel, and iron. So, does that mean like when you put in those different metals, like? they enhance it more. So if you have more steel, then your steel pushes are stronger or whatnot. Like, uh-huh. is that how that works? Yeah, um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, Marsh is just going around just hammering people with more and more spikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Vin's also starting to get very uh, worried about Ellen. She brings up that... Um, he kind of attacked before she got there, which I guess wasn't part of the plan. Um, and I don't know if she's implying that he's getting desperate or if he's becoming kind of cocky. Um, Ellen? Ellen? Yeah, Ellen. She actually, I think she's talking about Ellen. And I don't... Like, Ellen's reasoning makes sense to me, right? Having said that, the reasoning was from his perspective. Yeah. Where he um, said, you know... They're setting up camp, and you know we were able to kill. I think something like something like fifteen hundred of the coloss, uh, like without even losing any of the soldiers, just because they were so efficient. You know, caught off guard. Yeah, it was, it was uh, great. But yeah, I mean, regardless, it worked out. Um, Batron is uh, he tries to protest. Uh, oh wait, sorry, back it up there a bit. Um, Vin and Ellen, they find a hidden basement, like one of those like uh, Doomsday Prepper bunkers uh, from Well of Ascension. They find another one uh, in the city, and it's filled with food as well as a marking to the next uh, Doomsday Prepper bunker. 
and Fatron is kind of like upset that it's his people's food, and but because he's kind of part of this collective empire now, Ellen's empire, um, it's kind of like the empire, <laughs> our food, <laughs> my um, food, yeah, our food. Our food. <laughs> uh, so Ellen, in the, and I wrote this in my notes, in the words of the immortal Negan. Ellen shut that shit down. He basically says, nope, this is our food. But, I mean, he does it, like, he kind of golds him, but kind of realizes that it's, he needs to tone it down a bit and then explains yeah. to him, you know, like, you're going to be coming back to Luthadel anyways and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I found this, for those of you who have seen Korra, which... I mean, watch Core. It's a good show. It, it's the sequel to Avatar: Last Airbender. Uh, I, I I was reminded a lot by Kuvira, which is season four um, villain. This is not a spoiler, by the way. To seasons one through three, they're kind of like their own separate stories. But yeah, so Kuvira. That's her he, name. Kuvira for season four. Yeah. Is He's that a, a he? She. She. Uh, Caviera like from Siege. No, Kuvira. Anyways, so Kuvira <laughs> like goes through and she's like cleaning up, um, the Earth Kingdom, right? Like they have like a lot of bandit issues, and then she's cleaning it up. And okay, you know, I'm not saying that Ellen is intentionally creating the bandit issues or he's intentionally creating the mess, but it, that's I just got reminded of that. That like he comes in, he's like, okay, listen. I'm going to give you protection, but in exchange of that, you need to give me your loyalty and you got to listen to what I said. But, yeah. Um, I, so I just thought of Kavira. I, I, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Um, so, Ellen's also, I know, I think we talked about last time, too, that Ellen's kind of come around and he's just kind of accepted his role that he needs to be a strong ruler at this time. But it's clear that he's still going through some internal struggles. Which I think is understandable mm-hmm. when you're as, as idealist of a person as he was. Um, or I guess he still is, but he kind of has to set that aside for right now, you know, because you can, you can have an endless discussion about this. So we're yeah. not starting that here, but <laughs> I, I just like that. Or we and can. The, huh? Or we can. No, we, we really can't. <laughs> so the POV switches to Vin and... Ellen confirms that the supply depots that the Lord Ruler had set up uh, were ahead of, like, he had set these up ahead of time, right? And they're packed with food. So I guess he cared, right? Like, in Final Empire, it made it seem like that when he was kind of just walking through, like, carelessly, he'll Kelsier. Vin kind of made it seem like they, he didn't care. He could just burn the entire world and want to make a difference to him. But it, he wouldn't have set up all this food. To Yeah, he's for definitely a doomsday pepper. Himself, right? Like, he set this up for his people. Yeah. Um, But anyways, I think this is like the fourth or fifth uh, bunker they've been to. And Ellen kind of being the hopeful kind of guy that he is, he brings up that 
Lord Ruler must have thought that the deepness could have been beaten. Otherwise, you're just delaying the inevitable. Which, that's exactly what Vin thinks. He, she just thinks that he was doing all this just so he literally could just delay the inevitable. That eventually mm-hmm. they run out of food and they die of starvation. Not early on, but maybe a year from now. Or a year from when they run out of food. Like, growing it. Um, and on top of this, every one of these bunkers has a new metal. Uh, I don't know why he felt the need to sprinkle, like, the knowledge around like that. I... Oh, yeah. From a narr- like from a video game perspective, that makes sense, right? But from a narrative perspective, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I get pointing, okay, I, I can only fit so much food here, but like, why not just have the entire, I don't know, Wikipedia of metals, like just mm-hmm. there? So um, I thought that was dumb. Maybe it's so that his enemies don't get it easier. I mean, I, I don't know how that makes much sense, though, because he points out where the next cache is anyways. Yeah, but say, like, it's being covered by someone. Oh, yeah, I guess you've got a point, because it was kind of, um, uh, what's it called? Because next one's in Fadrix, right? Yeah, Which or is Fadrix a or, or Tail. It might be Fadrix, you remember it. Well, anyways, yeah. It's, um... I just thought that was kind of dumb, narratively speaking, but, I mean, it's not enough to break the book for me. <laughs> and there's one which was for the Malatium, and he, <laughs> Lord Ruler himself, was like, I don't see any point in this. Kind of irony there that that's the thing that would bring his downfall. And he also, and that's how they found Electrum was through one of these earlier bunkers. And, of course, there's also more details on how to control the Coloss and the Chondra via the soothing. And they did learn one thing, which, if you get several soothers together, it would have the same effect as just burning Duralumin and doing it. Which I thought was... I guess that kind of makes sense, but then how does that work as far as, like, who controls it? Um, tug-of-war? I mean, I guess, but, like... The way I see it is like, you know, if there's like a bar, he has 100% resilience or 100% armor, right? And the more soothers, it's like anti armor. Mm-hmm. And then once you hit zero, the last soothers that hit him, he controls them. That's how I, that's my headcanon for now. <laughs> Anyways, um, they talked about, right, that they're hoping that this last cache will have the ATM. Which brings up my biggest question. Who cares? Uh, that's a good question. Right? Like, who cares who has the ATM right now? Mm-hmm. This is literally doomsday, right? Like, this is like us saying that the California fires spread to the entire world. But, oh my Get God, the guns. Where's the go- where is the gold from Fort Knox? Where is it? Get it's the like, guns. It's, yeah, it's not gonna do anything for you. So, yeah, yeah that was. I uh, think they're hoping to find something else in the last cache. I mean, I guess, but I'm not sure that. Like, I, I don't understand the obsession over the ATM. Like, I would, I would have gotten. I didn't. To be honest, another thing why I didn't get the obsession with the ATM in Well Ascension much either, except for the fact that you know, if you just had a crack on the ATM, then. Vin could have soloed like well, yeah. both armies. Yeah. But 
you know, but so I could see that, but here I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have a lot of money. Okay. Great. Like now what? Spend it to buy fans that blow away the mist. (laughs) Yeah. I God, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Or you can make, build a great big wall around. A dome. Yeah. Like the city of Ember now. Because they Uh, can't go into buildings. Ooh, got him. That's what he's trying to do. So then she finds more writing in the steel. Thank you. Um, where Lord Ruler says that the ruin can hear you talk and he can read what you like write, but he can't like read your thoughts. He can hear like you can hear Ellen and Vin talking and he can see their writing, except for that. I guess okay, so I guess this is weird. Can he read what's in Metal Place? Um, he can't change it. We know that for a fact, but can he read it? He can probably read it, yeah. Because there's no reason he shouldn't be able to read. Uh, he should. There's no reason he should be able to read what's on paper and not on metal. Okay, but um, why is he not allowed to change what's on metal then? That's what I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so chapter six, very short one. Feel bad for Marsh. Again, he's walking through the Coloss camp, and uh, yeah, so Coloss that he controls. And I thought this was so sad. He he's basically says that he kind of wishes that Ruin never stopped controlling him because when he stops controlling him, he just feels this like urge. Or like he not the, I guess not urge, like he feels like the weight of everything that's going on around him. Like he gets really depressed and he feel like see, he he hates the stench of the blood and the torture and yeah all that crap around him. So yeah, and again I love the description as how ruin takes over his body. Like suddenly his entire persona changes and he's like, yeah, I love the smell of blood. You know, I love the sight of the ash. One thing, what it reminds me of is the old Team Fortress 2 pyro trailer. Where, like, <laughs> everything's burning around him. And, like, you know, like, they talk about, like, I don't know what's going on inside his head. And, it, like, underneath that mask, like, he thinks it's just, like, Some so game. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I-, I love that. <laughs> that was so funny. So, um... So... And this is, they bring up that Marsh and the other Inquisitors have more spikes. And he says that, like, Lord Ruler intentionally didn't give them more spikes because I guess that makes them harder to control. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. I guess that just it spreads out your emotional elementy to more spikes. So, like, it's not as concentrated. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I didn't get that part. And that could make, and that theory, I think, makes sense because um, maybe he wanted to keep it consistent so that's like he only has to pull out in one place, pull out the spikes in one place for each Inquisitor if he needs to kill them. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's like convenient. Yeah, but I think it still would need to be pulled out of only one place. No. Um. Would it? 
I don't know. I guess we'll find out later. if you have different spikes in different areas that's not connected to the center spike, then I think you still live. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, so anyways, chapter 7, Tensoon builds himself a body. And I, I love how they, I love the description of the Chondra. He like builds it from his own experience because again, he's a very experienced Chondra. He's from the third generation, which we'll see. Um, there's a lot of talk of like the generations and stuff. And Varcel, who's a fifth generation. Uh, you're going to cut this part out. One second. This way. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Varsal thinks that uh, Tensoon is actually, like, he actually remarks how good Tensoon is basically by saying that, oh, you used your original body, right? Like, but in fact, it's not his original body. He's just so good that he didn't need, um, you know, a model body to look after. So that was, I thought that was kind of cool. And one side note apparently, a Condor generation is like a, literally a whole century. Um, which is, God, that's long. Yeah, it's crazy, but that means they're like, when you have a longer lifespan, to my understanding, and this is, happens in other fantasy stuff too. Um, I know Warhammer 40K is the same. Like Eldar, the race, the species have a really long lifespan, and therefore their population is smaller because it takes mm -hmm. longer to mature. And then, yeah. like, so, yeah. Uh, and that makes sense that. Uh, Chandra, well, apart from the genocide and all that, and I don't really know how their reproductive system works. I think he says that, like, uh, the 10th generation is considered, like, one of the largest, and he said, like, they have over 100. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so... That's a problem. Anyways, um, they said that the blessing, uh, the guards were using something called the blessings of potency. We don't know what that is yet. But uh -uh. I think earlier there was like blessing of like senses or something like that. Um, but I'll, all we know is that these blessings are like the metal rods, the same thing that's in the Inquisitors, same thing that's in the uh, Chondra, clearly, and, and the Colossus. So I wanted to talk about this because it was actually brought up earlier, but I wanted to wait till now to bring it up. It, they said that there could be a third magic system. That's big, that's literally Brandon Sanderson's way of saying, yeah, there's a third magic system. The spiky one. Yeah, which is the spiky one. Um, <gasps> Wait. What if that's what the Lord Ruler used, too? Whenever this, the metal thingies were in his arms and stuff that Vin pulled out. Could be. But we know for sure he was minimum Farukamist and Alamancer, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um Farukalancer. But yeah, it's uh. So does that mean? Yeah, I guess that's how Ruin does control, right? He like has emotional elements, he can, and I guess that's how Lord Ruler was controlling the Inquisitors as well. That um. So this three, I think. Okay, so that means that he created the Inquisitors as well, right? Uh, Lord that's Ruler, more of a he, Ruin thing. But Lord, so Lord Ruler, according to Chondra lore, Lord Ruler created Chondra and Kolos. Right? 
That's true. So it's possible to ruin Creator Inquisitor as well, but I don't think so. So what was a per why did he create these three things? He created these three. But it seems like these Inquisitors are just wanting to hunt Vin down. That's like what Ruin is telling them to do. Yeah. So like what's up with that? I don't think they're hunting Vin. I think that's not looking for something else. Huh. I think, honestly. But anyways. Um, Tensoon really doesn't like the second gen. There's a lot of inner family turmoil with the Chandra. Yeah. Um, he does not respect the second generation much at all, and it seems like the second generation hates the third generation. Which I don't know if I said it earlier. Tensoon is from the third generation, and the way they make it sound like it sounds like the third generation is kind of like the middle child, which it's not middle at all. I think they have like twelve generations total. So, but. Huh. Yeah, it's uh apparently the fifth generation is much is very much loved by the second. Um, which I guess like when the second generation were raising the third, they were like new parents, right? They didn't know how to raise them. So they like they felt like they failed with the second or third generation. Yeah. Then they modified their ways a bit and the fourth generation they did a little bit better, and then they finally got their formula down with the fifth. And the last thing I wanted to touch on was at the end, just more like a morsel of information here. Um, the he called they called the mistrace the unbirthed because I think they said he said in the last book something like the Chandra were related to the mistrace. I said they're like older, older mistrace. Yeah, that the Chandra are older mistrace. So he, but here he says unbirthed. So it sounds like. If there's like that blessing of potency, yeah. so okay, okay. So I guess when you have a blessing, that to me makes it sound like you have a special metal rod inside you that makes you, that gives you extra powers, right? The blessing of potency and the blessing of whatever senses it was for last chapter. Yeah. Um. Unbirth. So there is a process to turn a mistrace into a chandra. Is what I'm getting at. Or that's what I'm getting from this, I should say. Maybe that's like uh, similar to the spikies. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I think too, right? Like that's how they create Inquisitors. Is. But like the opposite, you know what I mean? And Kolos has a spike too. Do they? That's I, I, that's what I'm going to assume, right? Like the Inquisitor have it, and he said Kolos and... Uh, sorry, Kondra are the cousins to Kolos, so... I'm going to go out on limb and say the uh, Kolos have it too, I think. So Kolos and the Inquisitors are ruined. And people and uh, Chandra are preservation. People and Chandra are preservation. Yeah. Or like preserve or whatever. I don't know what the... That could be called. Because you know for a fact, Chandra preservation. So maybe it's like a, like a fight. It's like con. It's like ruin versus preservation. Who will win? Like Mortal Combat, but in Mortal Combat. Mm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, chapter eight. See you. Chapter eight. Um, 
So the mists, uh, they're like kind of unavoidable because you have to travel. You can't really travel in a house unless you have an RV, which I'm sure they aren't invented yet. A <laughs> uh, hundred people are killed by the mists, and one thousand become sick. And Vin asks Ellen if they should give the soldiers a choice, and Ellen is like one hundred percent positive that he thinks that he's doing the right thing and um vin's walking with human he's like a really weird but kind of smart he's like a titan dude he's straight up a titan from attack on titan like that's really what colos are they're just like barbaric and then there's like a few abnormal ones that can talk and do other stuff that's really what this is and that's what it reminds me of uh and she asks about like how Colas make more Colas because she hasn't really seen like a female version of a Colas. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but he doesn't. He either doesn't know, doesn't care, or both because he doesn't say anything. <laughs> uh, and he says that he hates her, he hates the mist, he hates humans, and they're going to kill them all and take over the world, basically. And oh. I, I'm thinking that this may be like a temptation from Ruin. Ruin's I wanted maybe. to talk about the whole mist thing too. Um, it seems like he's going with this whole immunity thing. Uh, Ellen does, right? Where he kind of has all the people of uh, Patron's people like stand out in the night and they're just like, some of them are dying. Some of them are getting sick. Some of them kind of like go into those seizures or fits. Uh-huh. And then they get back up, and then and but he says like you know those who survived, like even if you nothing happens to you, like you've survived, like you're good, nothing's ever gonna happen to you again. There's something up with that. There has to be. Yeah. Like it's hitting some people, but not others. Like, like why is it killing some? There, there but, isn't like, any like deepness, pattern. Like, it's killing. Yeah. Huh. There's no pattern. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But um, is it because it's not strong enough, and it's only killing some? Like it's like it uses a lot of its energy on killing some of the ska. Then, um, it can it starts losing energy, so it's like only hurting them or making them sick. And then like it kind of runs out of energy at one point, and then he can't uh, because we know ruins like not like completely omnipotent, right? Because Otherwise, he wouldn't let go of his control over Marsh constantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I wanted to bring that up. So he has limits. Yeah, I, he has to. He was trapped in the well of ascension, so we know for a fact he's not, like, all-powerful. Yeah. But now he is, question mark? Like, nothing has changed except for the mists since... Yeah, the yeah. mists are just more, like, staying out longer. Like, they're yeah. stronger now. Yeah. It sounds to me like they weren't strong enough to do anything before, and then, yeah, they just started staying out later and later. But anyway, continuing on, um, once Ellen's army meets up with the other one, Ellen sends Demo uh, to send 500 people, 500 soldiers back to Vetatan to get supplies and another 500 to go back to Luth- to take 
veterans men to lose Adele. And uh, Ellen offers but doesn't make uh, veteran soldiers join his army. Um, and veteran's pretty surprised that Ellen doesn't just make them. And he says that he needs people to care and believe in what they're doing. And Ellen calls for a meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Demo's a general now, by the way. Yeah, he's pretty sick. I don't know why I always liked him, but he's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I've he's just been kind of solid all the way through. Just yeah. like one of those like nice little loyal soldiers, you know. He's loyal to the characters you like, so just can't yeah. help but like him. I think he's gonna be a key in this book because he's talking about how like Kelsier is more than just dead, which makes sense after you know. Yeah. I thought uh, it was kind of interesting too that they're that the symbol of the Church of Survivor is the spear that killed Kelsier. Mm-hmm. Which I think that's like Sanderson's way of like showing the irony of like the whole you know, the Christianity symbol is a cross. But that's yeah. what was used to try and humiliate and kill Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't think about that. For some reason I thought it was the what? What was I thinking? For some reason I thought that the symbol of the survivor was the was Vin's earring for whatever reason. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> Which by the way I think is a uh spike. What do you call it? Um hemallergy spike. She has something. She either has spikes in her beforehand, like right now, in like different parts of her body, or and or her ear. But, you know. Chapter 9. Tensoon's uh, doing a trial uh, in front of the second generation. And her first are just kind of like watching. Um, and he stands on a disc on a disc in the middle of the room to be judged. Because, you know, Kondra are pretty judgmental. And Tensoon sees Milan. She's a part of the seventh generation. And... She, her true body is like wood. I really want to see his true bodies in a movie. And yeah, the, the way that they describe the true bodies, I think of like those dryads um, uh, from like Skyrim. Those like tree looking things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, different colors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Tensu knows that he's not going to be able to convince the seconds or the first because they're just like. They're just boomers, and they won't be convinced of anything. Yeah, right? Second generation are totally boomers. Yeah. And he knows that he can convince the millennials and the Zoomers because they're more <laughs> rebellious. Uh, and Ken Parr is going to try and prove that he's right about the thirds and them being too rebellious. And the seconds... So basically, the seconds raise the thirds wrong. But they fixed, they tried to right their wrongs by raising the fourth and fifth correctly. But Milan and her group are different, apparently. Yeah, I I don't know what their relationship is between the two. It's, it could be like another teacher-student relationship like Kelsier and Vin. Yeah. But it seems like she's much younger, but I guess we'll raffo, but... <laughs> 
I thought it was kind of interesting too that Ken uh, was called Ken Parr. Uh, he had, uses his accent, which is like close to Lord Rulers. I don't know if he does that intentionally or if he just like, you know, been indoors for so long. That's just kind of his accent. That it never evolved, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter ten. I ah man, I, I see like the other true bodies as like just bodies of just energy, just like glowing energy. And I, I see, I have like a really cool vision for the homeland too. And I wish I was an animator. Oh man. Um, so chapter 10, it starts off with says that he's reading about the Larsa religion, which I'm pretty sure was a religion that he suggested to clubs. Uh, yeah, that's what it, I thought too, right? The art. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and basically their religion is just about um, how art gets you closer to the God, to the divine of that religion. And Breeze thinks that it's like pretty funny that everything is like black around them and there's no creativity at all from like an all-powerful being. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Seizad says that, like, basically religion is impossible now with all the stuff going on. Um, and back at camp, Vin talks to Seizad, and she's basically telling Seizad to stay like himself and that he needs, she needs him. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and she oh she also gives a flower too. I found this chapter to be kind of like meh. Um, yeah. I I don't like what they're doing. Say said. Yeah, I I know a lot of people didn't, and honestly, I liked what they were doing. Say said the first time around. This time around, I'm not liking it as much. It's just why why to my boy? Why well, yeah? But I guess we'll see what kind of a man he is if he can come back from this. Yeah. This is not a knock on people who go through depression. Just a joke. Uh, sarcasm, sarcasm. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think? What are you thinking overall of Hero Ages as we're going along? Beginning is 10 times better as the beginning of Well of Ascension and Final Empire. Way better than Well of Ascension's beginning. I forgot how, oh my God, Well of Ascension's beginning was, that was brutal. I skimmed so quickly through that beginning, yeah, through that I, first part. Literally, the so only significance in the first part was something that I had already predicted since the first part, what? which was the imposter. Oh, yeah. And it was really something that I had already predicted. So, <laughs> yeah. So, next time we'll be going over to chapters 11 through 17. And as always, um, thank you for watching. We do, uh, we do ask that you please follow us on Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper. We also have an Instagram page at keepers of the book. We also made a Twitter. Again, we'll be linking all this stuff in the show notes. Uh, sorry, not Twitter, a TikTok. Where on the TikTok, it's just going to be more like our reactions, like as we're reading through. And then for me, since I read more than one book at a time, I'll do my thoughts, like my reactions and my thoughts, uh, and like these quickie reviews on Wheel of Time and just other books that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. um, 
And just like maybe, you know, why do you, why you should read? Or maybe if I watch an episode of a TV show or whatnot, then I'll, I can talk about that. But it, it'll be all fantasy, sci-fi related. It's more of like a, just extra content, you know? So please follow me on there. I'm on TikTok at Keepers of the Book as well. And as always, please join our Discord. Um, uh, the link, again, will be in the show, show notes. So yeah, as... Like I said, next week, chapters 11 through 17, we'll be finishing off part one and going into part two. I remember uh, both books one and two, we try to keep it nice and clean where, you know, we'd end the episode with starting up our, yeah, like ending a part and whatnot. But um, I, kind, I, I didn't kind of see, difficult to... yeah, it's just kind of difficult. Um, and I, like I said earlier too, well, Ascension, we kind of did this whole, we would do one whole part in one episode and that was just too much. Um, mm-hmm. So we didn't, we, this gives us a little bit more flexibility, even though it might feel a little bit jarring. We'll try and keep this transition smooth in between uh, chapters or yeah, when we're crossing between parts uh, in one episode. So as always, again, until next time, thanks everyone. Thank you.